Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Uh, This is the beginning of the Pinocchio Odyssey. Um, We're going to look at the Disney film Pinocchio, as recommended by you, Sam. I think Mm. you said this is the funniest film ever made, something like that? I would say, yeah, probably. (laughs) That's a fucking, that's a fucking bold claim. But um, I haven't watched it yet. I'm only about five minutes in because I thought that's all I'd need to watch for episode one. Well, I can so, give I can give you my overview thoughts of it without going into sort of before we get really as, into it. As as the Germans were sitting, Uberführen. Uberführen. Now, Pinocchio. One of the big common sort of misconceptions about Pinocchio is that it's just about some fucking kid whose nose gets longer every time he lies. Can I stop you there? Mm. Another misconception is that it's called Pinocchio. That's what I called it when I was a kid. Right, but, but it's you're Pinocchio. saying Pinocchio. Now there's, I've had it done both ways. Yeah. I think you're correct. There's two C's there. That looks like Pinocchio to me. I've, I've been living a lie. Mm. I've been called a Pinocchio. Sorry, continue. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it said both ways. I don't know where I've got Pinocchio from. Maybe it's that's what he says in the... Maybe that's how they pronounce it in the movie. I can't remember. We'll anyway, that, anyway, um, yeah, people think Pinocchio and they just think, oh, yeah, I know that story. It's the kid mm-hmm. and every time he's lie, he lies, his nose gets longer, right? Mm-hmm. And then you sort of think of it as like... Um, is that a parable or something like that? You know, one of these mm. archetype stories like, you know, the boy who cried wolf or whatever. And that, that there's a moral I- implicit in that. Let me tell you, right, the nose things are fucking red herring. Tiny bit of right. this fucking story. Certainly the film. Uh, I don't mm. know, you might have done some background research on, on where this story derives from. I don't fucking know. I only know the film, right? Um but, yeah, the nose thing, forget about that. It's not about the nose. Yeah, the, at, at some point, I can't even fucking remember much about it. Like, his nose starts growing. But to be honest, that feels like a fucking afterthought by whatever cunt wrote it. Like, ah, oh, need to fill a bit here. Why don't we make it so his nose grows when he tells a lie? And that's how they know he's lying, right? It feels a bit like that. No, this is not about the nose, right? This story is about, is about a bloke. And this is one of the most funny things about it. It's about an old man. 
yeah. who's fucking desperate for a kid, but for some reason has never had one. I mean, he's fucking old as well, so it's like he's really late in life deciding he suddenly wants a yeah. son. So he wishes for a son, and then he makes a fucking wooden puppet that is turned into a human being. That is the fucking starting point, the premise of the movie, which right. obviously is fucking mental. And we'll get more into the whys and wherefores of that as the Odyssey goes on. But mm-hmm. more than that, it's about... This is a film about the horrors of childhood, really, Andy. Um, and right. Horrors? It, the, yeah, the horror. it's a horrific film. It's funny. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's funny, but it is... It's as scary when you watch it today as it was when I first... I first remember watching it when I was a small child. I think at my aunt's house, she had it, maybe she... Did she have a video? I don't know. Maybe I saw a cinema, mm. I can't remember. But I just remember thinking, fuck me, this is so scary. Because this boy is conjured out of nowhere. One minute he doesn't mm. exist, the next minute he's a fully formed boy who seems bang. about... Yeah, bang, he's about eight years old. Eight, you're a boy now. Eight or nine. So he's had no development. He's just yeah. like, you're an eight or nine-year-old. And as we'll get, get on to, he's very much thrown in at the deep end. So his mm. his dad wakes up, discovers that the fucking wooden puppet he's made has been turned into a, a living, breathing child, and his first move is to send the cunt to school that morning. <laughs> and by the way, he doesn't Not- <laughs> he doesn't give him a lift either. He doesn't even walk with him. He goes, "Go on, the school's that way," and just waves him off. And I think, you absolute cunt. You fucking, you know, you, you've got this fucking, oh, I want a kid, oh, I want a son, oh, I've got so much love to give. Then you fucking get one, and your first move is, go on, get out. You're getting under my feet. You've, I'm bored, stupid. You're fucking driving been, me nuts. <laughs> you've been breathing and walking for about half an hour. Yeah. Off to school you go. Get to go fucking school. Maybe they'll fucking knock some sense into you. <laughs> You're a bleeding liability. Yeah. So, so like, he's thrown in at the deep end of, of effectively being alive, right? Yeah. Whereas most of us, even those of us with the harshest of upbringings, I mean, if you compare this to, for instance, a Dickensian story, like the classic mm-hmm. Oliver Twist, right? Even Oliver Twist and other similar cunts who Dickens was always mm-hmm. on about, right? They at least were born as babies and presumably were fed by a mother, at least for some time, and then got as far without dying to sort of childhood mm-hmm. in one piece, right? So they'd learnt something along the way. You know, like with yeah. a cat, you're you're not supposed to take the kitten away from the mum for, I think, six to eight weeks, are you, at least? It's about that, yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's the problem with fucking Nelson, is that he was he was from his, his mother's grasp untimely ripped, and that's why he's so he's peculiar. Wrenched, he's so mm. peculiar because the, the human... Um, what would you call it? The human owner, the human master, uh, yeah, the cat slave driver, fucking <laughs> sold it to me outside Hammersmith Station, like, and oh, and then I took man. it to the vet. I mean, it's a bit small, this cat in it. I just bought it for seventy. <laughs> I just fucking, I fucking bought this for seventy quid, but I'm a bit worried. It seems a bit fucking smaller. I mean, I should have weighed it first. You should. Would you just still pay by the pound for a cat? He was he was in it. There was a whole sack of them, and I just put my hand in and picked this one out, hey, and I paid seventy quid for it. They I was think, all wriggling about. I didn't want to go around. I, I wanted think, to get away. And we were outside Babbage Station. It was pissing it down. Anyway, I thought I was going to bump into Pencho, so I thought I better get moving. Don't want him around a cat. That, that feels quite Dickensian itself, buying a cat outside Hammersmith Station. Yeah, 
I've literally just out of some woman who was just carrying it in her hand. I mean, I had arranged the meet. I found her online. Right. Which, oh, okay. By the way, you're not supposed to do, and I know that now. So any cat fucking Lampards. Listen, oh yeah, yeah. I know that. Then I've but already started sent the emails in. The pe- I didn't paused know. the episode and started emailing. When I was a fucking <sighs> kid, we had loads of cats all over the place. We got them from all, through all different means. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There was no official cat buying system back then. No, so how was I supposed no. to? I just said, I just thought, right. I said to my missus, do you want to, I'm thinking of getting you a cat for your birthday present this year. Do you want one? And she went, yeah. Or what? Yeah, do you fucking want a cat or what? She went, yeah, all right. So then pretty much immediately, I just went online, typed in, cats near me. Cats for Local sale. cats. Near me. And I just saw this for it said, I've got a cat. It's ginger if you want it. Who and wants I went, it? I went, well, I'll fucking have that. And then she called me and went, I'll meet you outside Aversmith Station in a minute. So I said, all right. So I just fucking went down there and met her. I went, how much? And she went, 70 quid. So I gave it to her. And I'm still stuck with a cunt now, 14 years later. He's fucking clean, scratching his fleas right next to me now. But the thing about him is, he doesn't understand he's a cat. He thinks he's a, a, a human or a human, yeah. as he calls it. Yeah. And um, he, yeah, so he doesn't quite understand. He's very clingy. He d- he's not independent mm-hmm. at all. Um, he hangs well, around Oscar. The- yeah, it's like Oscar. But I mean, with a dog, to be fair, I know Oscar drives you mad, but with a dog, you kind of expect that a little bit. Dogs are, mm. by nature, they're kind of quite needy. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Whereas this a cat, usually, mean. what most people talk about is how aloof their cat is. But not mm. Nelson. Fuck me. He doesn't, he doesn't even like doing things on his own. He doesn't like time on yeah. his own. He wants to be hanging around me the whole time. Right, Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, so I can't remember how we got onto that, but but um, yeah, he kicks him off to school. But yeah, the thing is, is that he, yeah, he's got no. Yeah, that's it. He's got no experience of of life or growing up, and he's straight off to school. And, and immediately, Pinocchio's life is about being prey to all manner of different sort of um, predators. Do you know what Dark I mean? Forces. Yeah, yeah, it's like predators. And, and as a kid, and I'm I'm being serious now, I remember quite well watching this film, and that sort of gave me it gave you an impression of being a child as being quite dangerous because you're a child, yeah. you were vulnerable, and you were and in society there was loads of people who were older than you, stronger than you, more cunning than you, who were going to mm-hmm. try and exploit you in all sorts of different ways, right? Mm-hmm. I remember genuinely looking at this, and, and it was a kid's film, but that made it almost creepier because it was supposed to appeal to kids. But really, the message is, watch out, because society's full of cunts and they're all out to fucking get you. And even people who seem mm-hmm. nice, because most people who are... Most people who, who kind of try to exploit Pinocchio in this film, they they do it with, with charm and a smiling face. No one's like yeah, an out-and-out yeah, exactly. cunt. They're all portrayed as these sort of smiling, charming, don't worry, I've got a good idea, come with me. And then it turns shit. Yeah, and that's exactly what you said, charming. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what predators do. They charm you. Predators don't go around with, like, glistening fang teeth or wearing cloaks and things like that and looking like evil characters. No, not like the child catcher in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. He's, like, openly dodgy, whereas these cunts... I mean, we'll get on to my favourite all-time character honest john but he's like a great example of one of these but there's worse people honest john is a cunt but he but there's worse people than him in this movie much worse and and 
Then he's got the fucking old Geppetto, the geezer who made him, and he's just an absolute useless cunt. And that's another thing. It makes you think he's really vulnerable, and the only person who sort of loves him and is supposed to have a duty of care is a fucking useless old imbecile. So... A lonely wood tool maker or wood maker, whatever he is. Yeah, Toy maker. Is that, that's exactly what he is, yeah. And he, I don't know where it's supposed to be. I, I feel it's supposed to be what the Americans just feel is Europe. So it's a bit German, it's a bit Italian, and it's a bit Swiss, mm. this sort of village they live in, in the middle of yeah. nowhere. And um, that's my overview. So I'm not making it sound hilarious, but it is hilarious because it, it's got a dark comedy to it, a sort of a black comedy, you might say. It reminds me yeah. in some ways of the League of, League of Gentlemen. It's that sort of humour, <laughs> kind of full of like very macabre <clears throat> oddballs and sinister undertones throughout, but nevertheless, yeah, hilarious and just fucking mad. I mean, the whole premise, old man. I mean, the other thing is, is that and this is the elephant in the room. We'll get it out of the way now because it's a All bit, right. it's a bit too obvious and route one for our deeply nuanced style of podcasting. Right, for which we are renowned. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, obviously, let's get the crappy joke out of the way first. Is Geppetto some sort of fucking nonce? Well, obviously, you'd think, yes. Why Why does this old man who lives alone with his cat suddenly want to create a boy? It's a bit like the nonce version of weird science in that sense, isn't it? You know, like in kind weird of, science, yeah. they're like two virgins and they make a, a sexy lady... This would be like Sexy the nonce adult lady, adult which, lady, which obviously is which obviously is fine and not nonsy at all. No, no. Um, <laughs> whereas it with what Reverse a nonce, what a nonce would do is would be to make a wooden puppet and turn and mm. have a um, a magic fairy godmother turn that um, wooden puppet into a real Alive. living, breathing boy. So we'll get that out of the way because we don't want to make loads of nonce jokes all the way through. Although I would say that, as quite aside from Geppetto, again, and this is a faintly serious point here, there are nonce undertones to it because there's a lot of let's kidnap this child and fucking sell him to another. There's, I mean, Pinocchio, let's get it oh, right. Jesus. Pinocchio is sold on more than one occasion. Fucking hell. Yes. I've completely forgotten about this film. I've only seen it once yeah. when I was a kid. And now you can see why when I was a kid I found it really scary. And maybe that's why yeah. since I've watched it in adulthood, I've tried, I've, I've sort of seen the funny side almost to make myself be able to get through it. To laugh and, at the horror. And Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, we will get on more to the funny stuff as you see it because I'm, I'm delighted that you will be seeing a lot of this for the first time or certainly the first time in many years so I can get your first reaction to some of the shit that goes down, mate, because it's some wild Good. shit. And we haven't even talked about fucking Jiminy Cricket, who... Well, it begins with him, so yeah, yeah we will do it today. Um, I'll just... Uh, looking at the Wikipedia page for the film, um, the reception of the f- after it was released, Frank S. Nugent of the New York Times gave the film five out of five stars. Mm. And he said, Pinocchio is here at last, is every bit as fine as we had prayed it would be, if not finer. And that it is as gay and clever and delightful a fantasy as any well-behaved youngster or jaded oldster could hope uh, to see. Uh, well, that, no wonder we like it, because we are, <laughs> we are the last word in jaded oldsters. 
But we very much, can we get some t-shirts done that said Jade at Ulster? <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Jalapeño. Jalapeño. Um, I was talking to t-shirts. Uh, sent an email out yesterday uh, about our live shows uh, that also included yeah. a link to our shop, a new shop on Redbubble with lots of new merch in. And then someone contacted us, more than one person contacted us and said, yeah, you sent the wrong link. It's not going direct to your shop. So I thought, oh, fuck, all right, I'll resend it. So I sent another email going, by the way, this is a better link for the shop. Um, oh. And I thought, ah, that's that nice and done. Got that sorted now. <laughs> Second time lucky. And then on the Facebook page, I saw someone had done a screen grab and just on the Facebook, I'm finding society page and said, I really love this second email that's gone out um, correcting the first email, right? And I don't know I if, saw you, it. if you read it, I but saw, I thought, what are they fucking yeah. talking about? I said that. I went to all the trouble and sending out a second one. What are they complaining about now? So I read the email <laughs> and the email that I had composed basically went, yeah. first, first Link, wrong, blip, blob, blah, right, wrong, bye, shot, bye. <laughs> I, and then I just sent it, and someone had quite brilliantly written underneath, couldn't even be bothered proofreading a two-line email. That's living all right. <laughs> I'll read it out. Yeah, go I'll on. read it out. It said, uh, we sent out a shit link for the shop. The buttong, not button, with a G on the end, the 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 button now link to the right place. <laughs> Sorry, here's the full link. <laughs> and I looked at it. I looked at it, and my eyes rolled up right into the top of my skull. And I, ju- I just thought, I just thought he used to be the editor of one of Britain's best-selling magazines. Do, do you know what though? I think also when you're um, I fucking send all sorts of shit all over the place. And I, oh, yeah, I, but you don't. I never fucking proofread <laughs> anything. I never proofread anything. I think that partly you get, as a journalist, you do get used to um, thinking, I'll knock all this fucking copy out and then the sub editor will pick yeah, up any typos. Exactly. Don't have a sub editor anymore, do I? So, psh. But that was it. That was it. I thought this, this fucker used to be the editor of one of Britain's bestseller magazines. But then I thought, but yeah spelling corrections wasn't his job he was in charge no. of the overview or if you want if you want to call it the overview and well i'm not you know even even i mean really i've earned more of a living out of being a writer more than an editor and as a writer you don't necessarily i often say this to the kids although my wife doesn't like me saying it i go i've made my whole fucking living out of writing and i can't fucking spell that well I mean, not that I'm saying yeah. I don't know how to spell button. I do. B u t t o n button. G g g button. <laughs> right. But what I mean is, is that that sort of shit. That's technical shit, isn't it? I mean, it's not really what so, using yeah. language yeah. properly is about. However, that was just a case of me just fucking bashing an email out and pressing send without reading it back, which is a common habit of mine. Do it all the fucking time. <sighs> Fuck it. But there we go. Did, so what? Did the link work though? Did the link work? Yeah, it did. I did check the link. I didn't check the spelling, but I did check the link because I was at least fucking switched on that thing. I don't want to send out a wrong link twice. Right. Good. Um, the first link works as well, but it just doesn't for some reason because it was... All right, fuck it. Anyway, who cares? Just buy some fucking T-shirts, cunts. Um, Jaded Oldsters, yeah. So anyway, I would say that um, he, that, that reviewer 
is right to give it five out of five because I mean, especially at the time, it was released in the nineteen thirties, wasn't it? I mean, fuck me, this is this. If this came out today, this cartoon, in terms of the production, the animation, it is sumptuous. It, it would be five out of five today. So in the fucking nineteen yeah, thirties, yeah. it must have blown their fucking tits off. But um, he is wrong to call it delightful. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fucking delightful. This is one of the darkest fucking children's films of all time. I mean, there's more. There's the, the Nicholas Salmond, whoever he is, argues that the film is an apt metaphor for the metaphysics of mid-century American child rearing, and mm. that the film is ultimately an assimilationist fable. Okay. Uh <clears throat> It, uh, he considered it to be the central Disney film and this more strongly middle class intended to relay the message that indulging in the pleasures of the working class of vaudeville or of pool halls and amusement parks leads to life as a beast of burden. Fucking hell. That's true with you. Uh, yeah, I hadn't really thought of it like that. It's quite interesting putting it in the in the sort of cultural, social context of the time, but... Um, Maybe that was his job, though. Was Nicholas it, Salmond. What's interesting about that is that I didn't pick up on that message, but I suppose now you can say, like, okay, this is a kid who is sort of been created into what appears to be a reasonably comfortable home with a nice. I mean, this Geppetto bloke, he's he's not minted, but he seems to be doing all right out of the old toy building. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's got an, he's got a decent enough home in a nice part of town. He's not on his uppers. Mm. I don't know how much toy making could make a bloke back then. Now it's all done in China in factories, of course. There's no market for it now. If, it, if there was... you'd do I... all right back then at a toy making. Probably, If you're yeah. good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone so, wants toys. There's fuck all else going on. Yeah, there's no telly or PlayStation. So yeah. so he, he um, so he's in from a nice home, but then because he falls in with these dodgy sleazy types on the street, then, yeah, maybe maybe they're saying, yeah, don't fall in with these cunts. But what options did he have? His dad had fucking booted him out. Maybe it's yeah, why... He sent, him al- he, he, he sent him along to fucking school and at the age of eight or nine, and presumably he goes into the class with the eight or nine-year-olds, mm. and they've that- all got basic reading and writing skills. He's got nothing. I don't want to give much away, mate, but the cunt never once makes it to school. Oh, my God. He tries on more than one occasion, but every fucking time something goes wrong on the way. And that, I suppose, is why nowadays your middle-class parents give lifts to their kids all the time because they've seen Pinocchio and they think if you let your kid get their own way to school, then some cunt's going to kidnap them and sell them to a circus. Drop them off six feet from the school gates. Yeah. I mean, did you used to walk to school when you were in, like, primary school? No, I lived miles from my school. Uh, right. But luckily, my mum, had, uh, she worked at a place right near the school. So usually, we'd get the bus together. We didn't drive. We didn't have a car. <laughs> no, we got the bus and then just walked. But it was a really long way to my school. It took me about an hour to get to primary school in the morning. Fucking hell. Yeah. But most of my mates lived near the school, uh, lived nearer the school, and would all and would walk from the age of not from real young though. I don't, I don't know. Like my, like we live really near the school that um, my son goes to, and I, but I still walk with him around and walks him most mornings. Nice though, isn't it? I used to um, the latter years of primary school. I used to walk because I used to walk my brother because he was three years younger. Mm. So me and him would walk together. So yeah, yeah, and that was that was like a fifteen minute walk to get to school through the main streets of Shiny Rock. Yeah. 
Um, but I don't think I don't know if that would happen now at that age. I don't. For secondary you, school, you don't you kind see, of do your you don't thing. see it much. You don't see many kids like walking a long way. You might see kids who live in the same row or the, the same street or the next street walking to school. Uh, but yeah, it does happen less and less. And uh, and it, I'll tell you why. It's because we all grew up watching fucking Pinocchio, so we're all too Pinocchio aware of the dangers. Holy to blame. Yeah, yeah, we're being conditioned by Pinocchio. But then my mum um, and my dad will tell me that when they were kids, it was it was a case of fucking get out. Like basically, your the agenda of parents when they were kids was just get out of the fucking house. By the time I was a kid, yeah. it was different. It was like you don't have to get out, but if you want to get out, that's fine. I don't give a shit. Just make sure you don't die, right? Yeah. And now yeah. our generation is much more. What do you mean you're just going out to play on the street? <clears throat> what? Fuck that. Do you know no, what I mean? You're not. No, you're not. That's what yeah. I'd probably say, like, if one of my kids... Well, not my daughter. She's old now. She's out and about all the time. But if my son was like, I'm just fucking... I'm fucking off out. Where are you going? Don't know. Yeah. When will yeah, you be back? Yeah. When will you be back? Don't know. You'd be like, fucking think again, sunshine. But when I was a kid, yeah, I just fucking said, I'm going out. And then I'd just go out and just dig, yeah. go digging. She knew where I was. I was like, look, yeah, yeah. if I'm not here, I'll probably be in Florida because that's where I'm fucking digging to. That's where we're going to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, age did, definitely. Yeah, I'd be up the field playing football in the field. was like a 10-minute walk away. Yeah. Or I'd be around, oh, you know, you'd, you'd go out around on your bike. I'd just ride around They like doing manoeuvres. Mate, I'd ride down to the SO and get myself um, a Twix or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's living all right, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. All right, um, um, but yeah, so we? it's it's interesting that he thinks it's sort of like a, a reflection on class. I would say, well, if that fucking Geppetto geezer knew anything, if he's trying to say that that's like, you know, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I think that the the real villain in this piece is Geppetto, but we'll get into that. Okay, um, well, we'll have a quick look at the beginning of the film before we run out of time. Yeah, and. Um, it, it opens with the song When You Wish Upon a Star. Yeah, good song, that. Um, and <clears throat> it turns out that we go through the credits and it's Jiminy Cricket who's singing it to us. And um, I immediately do not trust Jiminy Cricket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how much of a role he plays in the film. I'm aware of him from just knowing that he's in Pinocchio. It's interesting, Jimmy Cricket, isn't it? He's the narrator, isn't he? He's really famous, isn't he? And you sort of think, he must have had his own spin-off film or spin-off show, because I was very aware of Jimmy Cricket growing up. And then you realise, no, he's just a a fucking narrator of this film. He's not even a star. But one thing that you would have probably noticed from the beginning, and it's definitely true, that the best way to describe Jimmy Cricket is busy cunt. He's a busy cunt, He's a busy cunt. He just, and, I don't know where he comes from, what he's up to, but he just fucking involves himself in all of this shit and right, he's not much yeah. help to any cunt. Right, I mean, you, you get that. It's kind of like, uh, I'm the narrator of this story and I'm going to tell you what happened. And then yeah. and then and then and then. And he, first of all, he looks nothing like a fucking cricket no. that I've ever seen. It's fucking he huge. has no wings. Yeah. He's, is he huge? I don't know. He's huge for a cricket. Is he? I mean, he goes underneath the door. He goes underneath Geppetto's door quite early on, so I think well, he's, he's an- insect-sized. Here's another thing that's not but, like a normal cricket that I've ever seen. The camp wears a top hat. Uh, yeah, and it, it, it just looks like a fucking thumb with legs. Yeah. Oh, he's been shaped at a blue tack or something. 
It doesn't look like any cricket. He hasn't got any wings. Um, His ears aren't on his front legs. Um, To me, this is not a a legitimate cricket. Maybe it's a European cricket. I don't know. But, um, yeah, and he wears a suit and a top hat. He said the size of his boots as well. Massive fucking boots he's got on. But then we see him... He's a flash We see him... Yeah, we see him a few seconds later and we see a flashback where he's not dressed quite so well. So there's immediately I get you thinking what's happened where's he got to his, this cunt? Where's he got his money from? Did he marry he did he marry Rich? From? Is he mm. was he how, how does cricketing bring the money in? What sort of employment opportunities yeah. are there for a fucking cricket? Very little, I would say, which is probably why he's sticking his nose in everyone's fucking business. Yeah, well, he's got so, the fucking um, top hat from somewhere, and they don't come cheap, I can tell you. It's no coincidence yeah. that you only ever see either millionaires or mm-hmm. rock stars like Slash from Guns N' Roses wearing top hats. Yeah. I can't think of anybody. Oh, Mark Boland used to wear one in table. Well, there you go. At the top of his star. game, wasn't mm. he? Yeah. So, um, uh, JK, yeah. can we call JK from Jamiroquai? Is that a top hat? It's like a top hat that he sort yeah. of added bit. he stuck bits onto it. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> the um, true story, actually, he had a top hat and then he was going on top of the pops and on the night that he was set to appear, he also noticed that Guns N' Roses were on that night and the producer, <laughs> Michael Hurl, said to him, we've got a bit of a problem, darling. Um, that <laughs> one of, two top hats on tonight. One of, the, one of the other acts is wearing a top hat as well, and we can't do that. And Guns N' Roses is the more established act, so you're going to have to do something about this. And so JK <laughs> quickly went. He sent one of his underlings out. I think it was his didgeridoo player. He went, get yourself yeah. out to carpet. Right, there's a carpet. There's an Allied carpets just down the road. Right, get get as many off cuts as you can get. Right with with the, whatever cash I've, I've uh, you've got on you, and I'll and Brit get a receipt, and I'll get the record company to pay you back. So he could get he just went and he got loads of he got mixed. There was a box in Ally Carpets of called mixed offcuts, right? Yeah, just for I don't know samples, or whatever. So he went down and he and he just said, "I've got four quid. <laughs> Give me as many <laughs> of the I have? mixed offcuts as you can get as I can have for four quid." This was the early 90s, so he got like half a carrier bag full and it was just enough mm-hmm. for JK to... He sellotaped all of them off-cuts to his top hat and the legend of JK's hat was born. It was, yeah. A little bit of rock trivia for you story. there. Mm. Um, so then, right, he sang When You Wish Upon a Star. We've established he's a cricket. He then opens a massive book which has got Pinocchio, sorry, Pinocchio, mm. written on the front. Um, and we'll leave it there, because he's about to tell us a story of Pinocchio. Mm. And, uh, I haven't we'll given too much away already, but the devil's in the detail in this. I mean, there's a lot, yeah, there's a a, good, good, in every scene, there's a lot a good, to unpack. I think I think we've got the listeners hooked with this episode. Yeah. I think they're going to stick with us. <laughs> Look forward to the he, subscriber he numbers do. increasing greatly. I know I might have in the past indicated that I thought Snow White was the funniest film ever but Snow White is very funny for a couple of particularly fucking mad scenes mostly involving the fucking queen slash witch right and Mm. then there's other sort of vaguely amusing stuff around it but I would say Pinocchio there's not a fucking moment goes past without you kind of thinking fuck me this needs a bit of unpacking yeah yeah 
And that's what we're here to do. Mm. And we'll continue with it next week. So thanks for listening. Goodbye. All the best. Goodbye.